joined by Mary Holm now. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jesse. Great to have you on the show. As always, Mary's our personal finance expert with a very thorny one today. How a retired <laughs> person can eat their home when they're short of cash but sitting on a, a house worth sometimes more than a million dollars. So, Mary, what to do? Yeah, sometimes it's two million. And And by the way, you know, before younger people tune out and say, this doesn't affect me, I find when you get into conversation with younger people, they're quite encouraged when they realise there is another way, you know, it's not all about saving a lump sum in KiwiSaver or something like that for retirement. There are other ways as well to make your retirement nicer, you know. Um, And basically it's about one way or another making use of the fact that you're sitting in a house that you know, it's worth, in most cases, half a million up to several million dollars. And a lot of people have that asset, but they don't have that many savings. So, and there there are actually a lot of ways that people can eat their house, for want of a better expression. (laughs) Um, One quite obvious way is to take in borders or flatmates and you know, a lot of people just dismiss that. But I'd, I might have told you about this before, but I had a friend who for quite a few years in her later life, she lived quite near a university. And so she took in foreign students who lived in the house through the term. And so she got sort of breaks when they went home and then the holidays, etc. But she loved it. She said they were she'd encourage them to cook their own ethnic food and so she had lots of wonderful exotic food and some really interesting and lively young company so you know there are all sorts of different ways that people can just take in one person or a few people into the house and and boost their income that way which is cool yeah um another one is subletting part of your house um either you know get a flat get someone and make the downstairs into a flat or something like that or do Airbnb, which once again can be quite fun. People people find with Airbnb they might get um, overseas visitors, all sorts of people passing through. You know, I mean, it's interesting. It, it, obviously, there might be security issues in some cases, but these are possibilities that can actually not only bring you money, but bring you some interesting company as well yeah um, opens opens your life up a wee bit right um yeah. gives you gives you you know a bit of company and interest yeah possibility yes. yeah yeah so and um, those are all possibilities another is um subdividing your land and you know there's still a lot of people in new zealand sitting on not so many on quarter acre pavlo paradises now but but eighth of an acre or, you know, um, quite big sections. And it used to be that it was really quite hard to subdivide and, and, and perhaps build another house and then sell that or just subdivide off and sell the land. But that's got easier and easier as cities around the country are encouraging people to infill housing, etc. You know, I think you've got to get lawyers involved and all that. It's a bit of a, bit of a labour to do it, but... That can free up, you know, a lot of money mm. because the typical New Zealand house that might be worth about a million, a lot of that is the land. It's, you know, often way, way over half the value of the whole property is the land. So that's certainly something for people to look into. 
Presumably, then, presumably that would cut down on your rates bill as well, which can be a big pain at that stage of life. Good point, good mm. point. And while we're talking about rates, um, I didn't include this in the list, but some city councils will let um, people on whatever their income and whatever their wealth do rates postponement, so they don't actually pay their rates until the house is sold. So the, there's a sort of debt building up against the house. Yes. And when the house yeah. is sold. Uh, yeah. In some, in some cities, you can only do it if you're on a lower income. But that will apply to many people too. And, in fact, there, there's also some places, or quite often, just you can get off paying rates altogether if you're in quite dire straits financially. Um, but but the rates postponement is more that you just don't have to pay them now, and so that the debt builds up until the house is sold. But that and, and can very really hard. Be... Sorry to interrupt. Very hard to imagine no, that right. the the debt would ever build up higher than your house would be appreciating in value. Oh yes, with with something like rates. Yes, I mean you know it's a few thousand a year, and even if the house is one of the lower priced half a million dollar houses, it's not going to. It's not going to total anything like that, um, unless you live to about 200, perhaps. But um, another couple of ideas, that are, one is to, um, which a lot of people consider, is to sell your home and buy a cheaper one, either a smaller one or one in a cheaper suburb or a cheaper town, you know, and that's, Obviously, the people, there's a lot of people out there who have done that, who have freed up, you know, half a million dollars or whatever by moving to a smaller town. One suggestion about that, though, that I've learned from, from my Herald column and people's letters in about it is to go and rent in a smaller town first before you buy there because sometimes the locals aren't all that friendly to <laughs> new people. And, and sometimes, um, uh, you know, people say sometimes the medical care is not as good as they had hoped in smaller towns, you know, if they get any any complicated health issues. Mm. or So it's not, that's not the sort of panacea, but it can work well for quite a few people. One elderly woman I was talking to said she moved down, I think it was from Auckland to Whanganui, I think. And she said, she said, well, I thought I wouldn't see so much of the grandkids, but I've freed up so much money that I can just pop on a plane whenever I like and fly back up to Auckland and go and stay the weekend and see, catch up with the grandkids. So, you know, there are lots of different ways of making this work if you want to. Um, one couple once wrote to me and said they were thinking of selling their house and then just becoming renters through until they died, which is... Another interesting possibility. Um, most people wouldn't want to do that. You want the, if you've got your own home. You you know most people, especially by the time they get to retirement, like the security of of owning their own home. Um, but this couple said, well, you know, we we can do a lot of travel with and pay our rent till we die with the money we're going to free up by selling. So, mm. you know, there are all possibilities that, that a lot of people don't even think about. Um, and then the one that is, is perhaps the, the, well, the one that's most discussed is getting a reverse mortgage, which, and there's quite a lot of misunderstanding about this, and, and people say to me, no, no, you don't do that. It's a terrible thing to do. But that's not true. It's It's terrible if it's done wrongly but 
like if you what you're basically doing is if you've got no mortgage or only a small mortgage you can borrow back money against against your house so that you're it's it's like getting money from the bank and making no payments back until the house is sold or until you die um and 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 what you've got to remember of course is that the interest you're paying no interest no no repayments and no interest so that means the loan does grow fast um over the years because it compounds so for example i've got a, a an example here that if if you were paying say seven seven percent on a reverse mortgage and you borrowed ten thousand dollars after 20 years that will be forty thousand dollars you know so that's what can happen loans can quadruple or more over long periods mm. so um you want to 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 be doing it only use up all your savings first you don't want to do, you don't want this this reverse mortgage to sit around for decades ideally it's best if it's if you do it later in life so if you use up your savings by the time you're 75 or 80 let's say or ideally perhaps even older than that then you can get the reverse mortgage and you're probably not going to live more, you know, more than 10 or 20 more years after that. So it's not going to going to compound terribly much. Um, and it's what you've got to remember too, is when you're looking at, okay, the, grow, the loan might grow quite a lot, especially if it runs for 20 years or more, but the value of your house is going to be growing at the same time. Um, <clears throat> No, maybe not this year, but mm. um, but most years, the, the on average, house prices have always grown and and always well at least with inflation. But um, they've always grown faster than inflation, and and that's almost certain to continue. And what I recommend people do if they're thinking about this idea is to go on the Heartland Bank website. They've got a they they offer reverse mortgages. They and SBS are, I think, the only two banks offering them at the moment. Different banks offer them at different times. But Heartland Bank's got a really good calculator where you can put in your age and your the rough value of your property and how much you might want to borrow, and it'll tell you sort of how the loan's likely to work out over the years. And you can play around and change. You know, say, oh, maybe I'll do it a bit when I'm a bit older. The the age, by the way, the banks won't lend you a very big proportion of your property value when you're 65, but it'll it it increases. I think, for example, at 70, you can typically borrow about 20 to 30 percent of the value of your house, and then as you get older, they'll let you borrow more because. Of the compounding you know there's less time for the loan to compound too much so um it's it's a pretty oh another really important point is don't borrow more than you need right now because because the interest compounding on it all so that they'll let you set it up where you might 
um, supplement your New Zealand super with perhaps $100 a week coming in on a reverse mortgage or $200 a week, something like that to help you go. And then if, if the roof suddenly starts leaking or you need to get a new car or something, you can add another lump sum then. But you can just, just borrow the money as you need it. So, you, you know, you don't want to be borrowing 100000 and having that sitting no. around in the bank <laughs> in the meantime because you'll be earning 2% on it and, pay, and meanwhile paying 7 or 8% on the loan. So um, so that's not a good idea. But um, it's it works pretty well. And, the, and a lot of people find it is sort of freeing them up from one of the worries... Uh, we're running out of time here, aren't we? How are we doing for time, Jesse? Yeah, we've got a couple of minutes. A couple more minutes. Um, an issue about this is whether you tell the children, because <laughs> the kids are, are quite often sitting around expecting that that when you die, they'll you know this nice family home that's worth a million dollars. Oh, they'll you know there's two kids, they'll get half a million each. Um, <clears throat> not a bad idea to just tell them this is going on, so that they don't get a horrible shock. And, and feel hacked off with you after you die. <laughs> but, um, but I always maintain, if the kids are not supportive of you doing this, then they don't deserve to inherit anyway. I mean, it's your money, and why shouldn't you be enjoying some of the value of the house in retirement? And, you know, the chances are there'll still be quite a big inheritance for the kids. So I think, you know, in, in most families, I'd like to think the children will say, yes, mum and dad, go ahead and and borrow, you know, borrow $50,000 and go on a wonderful trip or, yeah. or whatever. But that's something people have got to consider, whether they tell the children um, and how, how the kids are likely to react. But generally speaking, I would say it's a really good backup for very old age. And if you're, so that if you sort of, personally, I think if I ever do retire, that I'll plan to spend my money by the time I'm, say, 90, mm-hmm. and then get a reverse mortgage um, to supplement New Zealand super, although by, the, by that age a lot of people say super's enough for them. But And for younger people, you know, for people who are 70, 65 or 70 and haven't got any savings, as long as you don't run up huge big amounts, it is a way of supplementing your super and living a nicer life, and, and why not? Yeah. Thank you, Mary. Well, uh, when you're 90, you'll still be welcome on my show every couple of Thursdays, Aww. dispensing <laughs> your wisdom. Thanks very much for this one. I Thanks. know there'll be lots of people out there who got a lot out of it. Cheers.